I'm not 
five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
in der Frie geht er ziehen, mich ein Davenen mit abrennen. Sie sind rebend in Kufen zu kämen, öfter empfehlen erkennen. Jedes Wort suche ich fort, mit Kavunen, mit Gefühl. Ob lang noch manchmal in Essere, es war noch als der ganze Schiel. Ich betracht, Sampun am Lacht, der Schischiwe gut lang erzieht. Mistam schwebte dort Seier heuch, in die Himmeln Vater flieht. Ich kläre an, es mitgesam, größe Scheimes heuch und erschien. Muss es fehlt mir noch in Kavunes, bete ich Rebbe, lehrend mich. Oi, Manta, ihr liebe Kind, du lebst in Natur. Ich trag noch den pusheten Tatsch, a jede Bruch ist a ganze Welt. Wenn ich im Oberzieh zum Bruche finde, heu du es, such ich meudem, mein Herz wird umgestellt. Wie soll ich euch im Danken genieg, auf alle Chassude? Zertit in Tit mit mir, hei jeden Tag noch in Och. Auf sein Kitschel geheißen, sein größer göttliche Fudem. Auf jeden Utem such ich meine Mannach nicht noch. Macht mit, es ist aber alles geht. Es liegt noch zu dem in jedem Besiede. In der Fülle, wenn sie geht ins Schwelle, auch bei Zahn, ich hab du lieb. Kolschicken darf man sehen, wenn das Leben geht hier geschiede. Sie bedanken dem lieben Taten von tiefen Herzen, Leute, Lieber Futter, ja, die Gäste ins Haarspuers. Jede, jede Sabenjuchet, jede Kind ist eine ganze Welt. Mit Leuten dankt sie dir, die Keila heute du es. So gehe ich heute, mein Herz wird umgestellt. Weil die Eibichus für alle Chassuden. Wie viel geht's, die Tist, in Tist mit mir, a jeden Tag noch in Ordnung. Auf dein Gitschel geheißen, dein größer göttliche Fuden. Auf jeden Uten zog ich mein Dimmer nach Nilon.
descends on Friday night, a stillness fills the air. I see a Jew who seems so distant, standing very near. He's passed this way before. He might just live next door, but somehow he's someone we've ignored. He watches as we walk to show our hearts so full of love. Dressed up in our finest to thank the one above. Yet none could find a way or make time in their day to ask him if he'd like to come and pray. Just one Shabbos and we'll all be free. Just one Shabbos, come and join with me. We'll sing and dance to the sky with our spirits so high. We'll show them all it's true. Let them come and join us too. Just one Shabbos and we'll all be free. Just one Shabbos, come and join with me. We'll sing and dance to the sky with our spirits so high. We will show them all it's true. Let them come and join us too. I said to him, hello, my friend. Seemed a bit surprised. I wished him a good Shabbos. Confusion filled his eyes. I've seen you all before. I'd love to learn much more, but I've never done it all. I'm just not sure. I asked him, "Won't you join with us to understand and see?" He came and stayed a while and thanked us happily. Next Shabbos came along. His feelings grew so strong. He first began to feel that he belonged. Just one Shabbos and we'll all be free. Just one Shabbos, come and join with me. We'll sing and dance to the sky with our spirits so high. We will show them all it's true. Let them come and join us too. Just one Shabbos and we'll all be free.
מסביב, עינייך הוא שאי סביב, עינייך הוא כולם, 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 נקבצו
Always comes back to Kolachai this week. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks, or maybe I shouldn't apologize. But every time I'm playing the music, it sort of just always comes back to Kolachai. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> And all because Mayer, of course, was the one uh, was the one who introduced the world to Kolachai or Kolachai to the world. And I'll go through the music and everything else, but I, I have to start this morning on a Friday Arab Shabbos. I'm on such a high. I'm on such a high because of Rabbi Axelrod. He's not my rabbi. He's the rabbi of the young Israel of Woodmere. Um, and I know that there are a lot of other rabbis, thank God, and a lot of other community leaders, thank God, who had a lot to do. And this and this Yosef Borgen kid, by the way, I mean, my gosh, Joey Borgen, what an articulate young man. I hate to say, God forbid, that anybody should ever get beaten up for being a Jew, 
But my God, the way he presented himself. When we find people who we know when they open their mouths will not only never embarrass the Jewish people, but will make the Jewish people proud, and especially at that age, a young man like that, incredible. And I'm referring, of course, to his speech yesterday in Cedarhurst Park. Uh, look, here's the bottom line. Here's the bottom line. I, I said to you that Livingston, West Orange, Metro West gathered thousands of people at a moment's notice for the anti-anti-Semitism rally, the rally against random acts of violence against Jews and everybody, frankly, in this country who deserves to be beat up randomly or for any reason. And, of course, pro-Israel and, and supporting our brothers and sisters in Israel and the Israeli army, the Israeli state, etc., etc., etc. And I said when I heard about this rally on Monday, on Monday we heard that just within the, the previous 24 hours, the leaders in the real leaders, the real leaders, like Rabbi Axelrod and others, in the five towns had declared that they're taking to the streets, that they're going to use Cedarhurst Park last night, just three days later. They announced it Monday not to be silent regarding violent anti-Semitism, and they're there. They're there three days later, which is pretty remarkable, frankly. And um, and I said they're going to have a tough act to follow because Essex County and the surrounding counties in New Jersey really put on a tremendous, tremendous effort and demonstration of love for Israel, America, and the Jewish people, and all people, last week. And then, of course, last night, they they follow, they follow up with an amazing, I don't know, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000. Hollander insists there are at least 4,000 people there. He knows this stuff better than I do. But Kolak Kavod to everybody in Nassau County who came out. And and it's an entire list. I'm not giving all the credit to Young Israel Woodmere, and I'm not giving all the credit to Rabbi Axelrod. But it was obvious yesterday that the leadership role that I had heard he was taking on this issue completely came to fruition. You heard the strength in his voice. You heard the passion in his voice. You saw how seriously he and everybody on stage was taking this. So quickly... The Simon Wiesenthal Center, Young Israel of Woodmere, Young Israel of Lawrence Cedarhurst, Young Israel of Hewlett, Young Israel of Long Beach, Young Israel of North Woodmere, Congregation Knesset, Israel, the Marion and Aaron Gurel, JCC, the JCC of the Rockaway Peninsula, Barry and Florence, Friedberg, JCC, Irving Place, Minion, the Jewish Center of Atlantic Beach, Lido Beach Synagogue, Congregation based Tzvila of Woodmere, Eitzheim, Dogwood Park, Congregation Zveris Tzvi, uh, Bach, Jewish Center of Long Beach, Congregation Beth Shalom, based Knesset of North Woodmere, Congregation of Shalom of Merrick, UJ Federation of New York, Hafter, Hal, Beshiva of South Shore, Congregation Sanjay Shalom, Young Israel of West Hempstead, Shari Amuna, Rambam Masifta, Congregation Tiver Tzvi, Oav Tzedek of Bell Harbor, Congregation Sanjay Chesed, Young Israel of Merrick, Young Israel of Oceanside, Shiva Darche Torah, Shulamit School, Achiezer, Congregation Mene Shalom Beth David, Artura Ashkenaz, Hank, JCRC Long Island, Stand With Us, Holocaust Museum and Tolerance Center, and the American Jewish Committee. That's how you put together a consensus in 72 hours of Jewish people, brothers and sisters of all stripes and types. Everybody was there in terms of representation last night. Everybody. That's how you do it. And you do it quickly with the urgency that it deserves and with the passion it deserves and with the love that it deserves, the love for each other and the love for this country, meaning the one we're in right now as we watch certain things in this country crumble away. Our Bill of Rights, our freedoms, these are things we need to protect going forward with our Jewish and non-Jewish brothers and sisters. 
Kolakavod five towns. Kolakavod. And by the way, Bergen County, June 6th, now you've got the challenge. <laughs> now let's see if you can follow the lead of your uh, of fr- your friends in Metro West and your colleagues in the five towns. You've announced June 6th, major parade, major celebration, with obviously these themes being at the forefront. Good luck. I will do everything in my power to help you make it a massive success. <sighs> JM in the AM on a, uh, on a, um, what is today? Friday morning Erev Shabbos. A Friday morning Erev Shabbos. Had a lot of trouble sleeping last Friday night. I don't know if I mentioned this on the air this week or not. Had a lot of trouble. It never really fell asleep last Friday night, the NCSY Shabbat. So first, first Friday night probably in 10 years where I just got almost zero sleep. And now I know why because of what, uh, I mean, now I know why. Now I could feel why because of what was transpiring with our dear mayor last Friday night. Kolachai had the crack out Nigun and Si'isaviv. You heard Odyeshvu from Mordechai ben David. Micha Gammerman's boy Kala. Draw Yikra from Leviathan. Just one Shabbos before that. Moidim done by Mordechai ben David. Ani Mamin from Waterbury. Kalakavod from Yisrael Werdiger. Diaspora had Yoshev. And of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Friday, May 28th, the 17th of Sivan. Malcolm Holmline and the uh, weekly update coming up. 7 a.m. Eastern Time. 7 a.m. 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time. Candle lighting at 7.58 on this Erev Shabbos Parshas Baaloscha, at least here in New York. It's 7.58 on this Erev Shabbos Parshas Baaloscha. Um, Memorial Day weekend. Monday's Memorial Day. 61 degrees, some rain later on, high 67. Cloudy periods of rain tonight, low 49. Wow. Morning rain for Shabbos, a high 55. That's it tomorrow, high 55? What's going on here? It's Memorial Day weekend. Come on. Be a lot of disappointed people who uh, thought they'd be heading to the beach tomorrow. Not from our community, you get what I mean. 83 in Yerushalayim, 61 here in New York City as we say good morning at JM in the AM. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, Galaitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Friday follows next. We say Boker Tov from JM in the AM. בתאונת דרכים בכביש 25 בנגב נהרגה אישה כבת 30. עוד ארבעה בני אדם נפצעו, אחד קשה, אחד בינוני ושניים קל. כתבי נורא משנים מוסר כי שלושה כלי רכב היו מעורבים בתאונה וכי הפצועים פונו לבית החולים סורוקה בבאר שבע. בחוות קרני ראם סמוך ליישוב נופים בשומרון משתוללת שריפה גדולה שעד כה קילתה שני מבנים. כתבנו שחר גליק מוסר כי שלושה צוותים של לוחמי האש ממחוז יהודה ושומרון פועלים לחיבוי השריפה ולפי הערכות מדובר בהצתה. משלחת מצרית ברשות האחראי על התיק הפלסטיני במודיעין המצרי, אחמד עבדלחלק, נכנסה לפני שעה קלה לרצועת עזה דרך המעבר ארז. כתבנו לענייני צבא דורון קדוש מוסר, כי ביקור המשלחת בעזה הוא במסגרת הניסיונות להסדרה בין ישראל לחמאס, שאותה מובילה מצרים. 
ועדת השרים להתמודדות עם נגיף קורונה אישרה במשאל טלפוני את הארכת תוקף ההגבלות על נסיעה למדינות אדומות ועל חזרה מהן ארצה. כך מעדכנת כתבתנו המדינית מוריה אסרף וולברג. רשימת המדינות האדומות כוללת את אוקראינה, אתיופיה, ברזיל, דרום אפריקה, הודו, מקסיקו וטורקיה. כתבתנו עינב קרנר מציינת כי החל מיום שני ייכנסו לרשימה גם רוסיה וארגנטינה. התפתחות בחקירת האסון באיטליה, גבריאל טדיני, מפעיל הרכבל שקרס בטורינו והביא למותם של 14 בני אדם, בהם חמישה ישראלים, לקח אחריות על התרסקות הקרון ואמר בחקירה, הכל באשמתי אעשה את חשבון הנפש שלי מול אלוהים. כתבת חדשות החוץ היא ליקרד מזכירה כי הרשויות באיטליה עצרו שלושה חשודים במעשה, בטענה כי פעלו מתוך העדפת שיקול עסקי על פני בטיחות הנוסעים. הכדורגלן מואנס דבור שוחרר מסגל נבחרת ישראל על רקע פרסום רשומה באינסטגרם במהלך המהומות במסגדי הר הבית ובה ציטט מהקוראן אלוהים רואה הכל והוא ישלם לבני העוולה. הוא ספג ביקורת קשה והסביר כי כתב את הרשומה לאחר שאחד מקרובי משפחתו שהתפלל במסגדים נפגע במהומות. כתבנו הדר קיציס מוסר כי דאבור השתתף השבוע באימוני הנבחרת לקראת משחקי ידידות נגד מונטנגרו ופורטוגל, אך הבוקר הוחלט לשחררו. דאבור הבהיר כי אירועי התקופה האחרונה לא מאפשרים לו להתרכז במעט האחוזים באתגרים המקצועיים של הנבחרת, וכי אף שהוא זקוק לפסק זמן, אין לו כוונה לפרוש מהנבחרת. ולסיום, חברי קיבוץ ניר עוז במועצה האזורית אשכול החליטו שהם לא מוותרים על חגיגת חג השבועות המסורתית. החג יצוין היום לפנות ערב באיחור של שבועיים בשל מבצע שומר חומות, והוא יכלול את המרכיבים המסורתיים ובהם גם הצגת התינוקות החדשים שנולדו בתקופה שחלפה מחג השבועות אשתקד. מזל טוב. ומזג האוויר חם מעט מהרגיל בעונה, מחר וביום ראשון צפויה התקררות, אלה החדשות בצוות נועם ישעיהו, שבת שלום.
J.M. in the A.M. <sighs> J.M. in the A.M., a uh, Friday morning broadcast here on uh, the 28th of May and the 17th of Sivan. It's Memorial Day weekend here in uh, the United States of America. And um, we'll be here Monday. <clears throat> we'll be here Monday between 6 and 9. It'll be a little bit of a... Uh, 
little bit of a, uh, how do I put this, uh, slower, more relaxed day? That could be. It's Memorial Day, after all, the unofficial start of summer here in this country. I was shocked to see the weather. I mean, it's Memorial Day weekend. In fact, I got engaged to Stacy Memorial Day weekend. We got engaged on the 29th of May, which would be tomorrow, which was Memorial Day itself uh, back then in 1989. Um, but the weather was much better then, much better. <laughs> right now we're at 61, but apparently uh, we've got rain uh, for Shabbos in this area. Uh, with a uh, high today of 67 and tonight going down to 49. Tomorrow, Shabbos, a high of 55 with rain. Sunday, a high of 59 with rain. At least people will be able to get out and about a little bit on Monday, on Memorial Day itself. It'll be partly cloudy in 74. So, yeah, it's not that really summer-like weather that we've been having here. We're not going to be back in that real summer-like weather we've been having until the end of next week. Anyway. Uh, so that's the story. That's the schedule. Um, as we said, the um, uh, the different hosts here at the Nahum Single Network will have an opportunity to pay tribute to Mayor Weingarten and his memory. Words that I still can't believe I'm saying, frankly. Furthest thing from my mind last Friday morning was that we'd be saying this all week long. Um, uh, Naomi Nachman. Well, first of all, Malcolm Holmline, uh, who introduced who who was introduced to me by Mayor Weingarten many, 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 many years ago. He'll join us coming up, of course, with the weekly update. So we'll have that for you. I'm sure Malcolm has some beautiful words about Mayor that he'll share with us. Then um, Naomi Nachman, she'll speak about Mayor toward the beginning of her show, Table for Two, that's coming up at 9 a.m. I mentioned to you that uh, Mayor, uh, Mayor and the celebration of Mayor's life is the topic of, with plenty of music, the topic of Mark Zomik's Arab Shabbos show, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. That happens at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Arab Shabbos music mix all day long. Final hour coming up at about the 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Avrami with thoughts, no doubt. He was there in Beit Shemesh for, uh, for Mayor's funeral. Um, he'll be on Saturday night. Seagull this coming Saturday night, tomorrow evening. And, uh, of course, Matis, he'll have more to say uh, this coming Sunday morning starting at 7 a.m. Eastern time right here at uh, the Nahum Siegel Network. So we'll allow everybody, obviously, to uh, express their thoughts. And there are a lot of thoughts going through our minds um, as we've suffered this terrible loss this week. Friday morning, JM and the AM, Harry Rothenberg. Uh, people are enjoying his presentation each week of uh, his brilliant Dvar Torah, his wonderful Divrei Torah. Uh, Harry Rothenberg on Parshat Bahalotcha here on a Friday morning Erev Shabbos at JM in the AM. Years ago, I was invited to speak at a Shabbaton out west. So I took my daughter along and we flew out a day early to do some sightseeing, checked into a hotel, and in the morning at breakfast, I asked the waitress for a banana. And she said, I'm so sorry, sir. We ran out. We have no bananas today. So I said to my daughter, I think we should get our money back, or at least a big discount from the hotel. She said, what are you talking about? I said, they don't have any bananas. She said, you don't get a discount of your money back because there's no banana at breakfast. I said, why not? Suppose when we checked in last night, the hotel had said, I'm so sorry, sir, but we ran out of pillows. You don't think they'd have to give us our money back or a big discount? She said, that's different because pillows are an essential part of a hotel stay. Bananas are not. I said, I disagree. 
When I go to a hotel, when I go to breakfast, I want to eat my favorite food, a banana. So I expect to have one. I said, let me ask you this. Suppose you had to go one year without your pillow, but you could put anything else under your head, a folded up sweatshirt or blanket or towel, or you had to go one year without your favorite food, what would you give up? So she thought for a second and said, there's no way I'm giving up my pillow. I said, I disagree again, because I'd give up my pillow. I'll throw a folded up sweatshirt under my head, but there's no way I'm going a year without bananas. Why am I telling this to you? Because in this week's Torah portion, Moses, Moshe, the staunchest, fiercest defender that the Jewish people ever had, finally throws his hands up in the air. The Jews are complaining about the manna, the miraculous, incredible food that God would make fall from heaven and that would taste like practically anything a person could imagine. But the Jews are saying, no, we want real meat or fish and we miss those flavors that we used to have in Egypt, the few flavors that the manna wouldn't taste like, cucumbers and onions and melons and garlic. And Moshe says to God, I can't do this anymore. I can't do it alone. I need help. He's suggesting to God, I told you this initially when I said I wasn't the right person for the job. Had the Jews had a more charismatic leader, he would have been able to motivate them, inspire them, so that they wouldn't ask for things that aren't essential. It's one thing to ask for water. You need water. But cucumbers, seriously? So God says to them, you need help? You got it. Go choose 70 elders, and I'll give some of your spirit to them, and they'll help you out. You'll be at the head, and it'll be the first based in. Moshe does some quick math, realizes there are 12 tribes. Six times 12 is 72, not 70. I'm going to have two people that are disappointed. So how can I do this? And he decides to choose lots. He puts 70 cards in the basket that say elder and two that are blank. Whichever two of the potential elders choose the blank ones won't be chosen. But two of the potential people stay back in the camp. They don't even show up to the party. Eldad and Medad say, you know, we'll never be chosen. They're so humble and modest, but God recognizes that up in heaven and says, oh yeah, you were too modest to even show up? Guess what? You're two of the new prophets. And they start prophesizing in the camp. Someone sees this, runs and tells Joshua, Yehoshua, Moshe's attendant, who goes and runs into Moshe and says, there are two people are prophesizing in the camp. Destroy them. And Moshe says, if only all the Jews were like that, don't be concerned on my account. But what did Yehoshua mean when he said, destroy them? The commentators tell us that what he meant was, then Moshe should appoint them to positions of communal leadership. How would that destroy them? Well, the answer is that in order to prophesize, to get nevuah, you have to be in a state of simcha, a state of happiness. And as anyone who's ever fulfilled a communal leadership role knows, between the aggravation and the complaints and the name calling and the fighting, it's very easy to get dejected, to be despondent, to not be happy. So Yeshua is saying, make them leaders, they'll get complaints, they won't be happy, and that'll be the end of their prophecy. But he also had a hidden agenda. He wanted to show everyone the difference between Moshe's level of prophecy and any other prophets. Because think about it, at the very time that Moshe was giving up, saying to God, I can't do this anymore, and he seemed so upset, he was still talking to God. He was still prophesizing, because he didn't let those indignities, those disappointments, touch his core essence, his relationship with God. He was able to compartmentalize, and we have to aspire to do the same. We have to obey God on the sunny days and on the rainy days, on the good days and the bad days, on the easy days and the difficult days. No matter what trials or tribulations or obstacles or hurdles or difficulties, disappointments, setbacks, illnesses, we can't let them touch 
our core essence. We can't let them impair our relationship with God. Let me pray, let me pray, just one prayer. Hashem, let me sing just one song. Hashem, let me live till the great morning comes, when the whole world will sing just one One song
J.M. in the A.M., that's a um, uh, Yassi Solayich done by uh, Eitan Freilich. I think the official song is Vahayulim Shisa. Anabakoach Yidol, before that, Yehuda Green with Anabakoach to open up that set. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, on this Parshas Baloscha, candle lighting at 7.58. Malcolm Holmline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, coming up. By the way, I had to give a special shout-out. I forgot to do it yesterday. On Wednesday night... Um, Stacy and I stopped by a, um, an absolutely delicious, quaint, uh, I guess you'd call it fast food slash sit down restaurant, uh, called the hot spot, uh, the hot spot on, um, Union Turnpike in Fresh Meadows, Queens. And what got us was the uh, gentleman, Ellie, who was in charge, how friendly he was and just the, the great service he gave. And the food there is simply spectacular. So I wanted to mention it. I uh, I said to him, uh, "You deserve a shout out, and you're getting it." So, <laughs> so a Nachum Siegel and Nachum Siegel Network recommendation. A big shout out to and a recommendation for the uh, Hot Spot Barbecue and Grill. Food is just outrageous, by the way, just outrageous. And you can tell there they're always trying to be creative. Uh, they're at one seventy nine zero eight Union Turnpike in Fresh Meadows, and we say. Uh, we say go in, ask for Ellie, and uh, enjoy the food and tell them you heard about it here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Friday morning, Erev uh, Shabbos here as we, um, as we continue. And um, speaking of food, I know I'm spending a lot of time recently. Well, truth is I always spend a lot of time. I always spend a lot of time on the food component of our community. Uh, last night on the way back from the rally, I decided to stop by Mechis because I wanted to wish them a Mazel Dov. I wanted to wish Chaim and everybody a Mazel Dov. They had just moved in to Aaron's Casino Farms. And as you know, Aaron's Casino Farms, <clears throat> now there's really no reason to go anywhere else because they've got Mechis as their takeout department. And um, uh, Chaim was so nice as he always is. And uh, you'll meet him there when you go into Mechis in Aaron's Casino Farms. 
and uh, he sent. Uh, I mean, I, I I purchased some the some delicious potato kugel, and I said to him as he was allowing me to sample the kugel and a few other things, I said to him, Chaim, there's only one name for this potato kugel, and that is the perfect potato kugel. And I I brought it home, and my kids agreed. They they said first of all they said to me that do they do do they make anything that not well there at Mechis? And I said, Yeah, basically not. There's nothing they don't do well. And then when I said to them that I had suggested the Chaim that the name for this potato kugel should be the perfect potato kugel, they said, Yeah, basically. I have never tasted a potato kugel better in my entire life. Anyway, so big shout out to Mechis who are now at Aaron's Casino Farms and to David Spira and to Stacy and to Aaron and everybody, of course, there on the entire staff. And now Mechi and Chaim and their whole staff. Uh, we say Hatzlacha Rabbah, good luck. Um, if you have a chance, stop by there, Erev Shabbos. But I'm going to warn you now, Chaim said to me they may run out of Cholent today because that's that's the, the reaction people are getting. So make sure to uh, get there early. Another great tip from Nahum Siegel here <laughs> on JM in the AM. Erev Shabbos Parshas Baaloscha with candle lighting at 7.58 officially on this Erev Shabbos. Can't say it enough times. Kudos to the five towns. They came through last night with a massive, massive rally. An anti-anti-Semitism rally. And a pro-freedom, pro-the United States, pro-the Bill of Rights, pro-freedom, pro-Israel rally. Kalakavod. A lot of leadership put it together in a very, very short amount of time. And as I said, now our friends in Bergen County are on the hot seat because they've announced their gathering happening Bezrat Hashem on uh, the 6th of June, which is a week from Sunday now. Yeah, it's a week from Sunday. They don't have a lot of time. They've announced a massive parade in honor of Israel and no doubt with the, with many of the same themes, the <clears throat> the rights of Israel, the Israel-U.S. relationship, etc. It is a Unite for Israel parade, Bergen County, June 6th, uh, officially starts at 4.30 p.m. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that um, they, they get the same thousands and thousands of people, and I will help them do it. Because this, this, whole, this whole thing... This whole topic of random attacks against Jews, of defending our freedom, of standing up for Israel while they're under rocket fire, it's all the same. It's all the same topic. Someone said to me last night, why are they talking about Israel if it's an anti-Semitism rally here about America? It's the same thing. You hate Israel, you hate Jews. You hate Jews, you hate Israel. It's, it's really all the same theme. I get the nuances. Trust me, I get the nuances. But I didn't think it was inappropriate that people were mixing that that message last night. I didn't think it was inappropriate at all. So um, that's what's happening with uh, with the efforts. It, 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 the, they have to be grassroots efforts because people in leadership positions are not stepping up. So kolakavo to those local leaders that are stepping up, and in days, in a period of a short period of a short number of days, are putting together rallies, demonstrations really uplifting experiences that that's one good reason for them, but they get noticed last night. I could not believe, I know someone told me they saw me on channel four news. I couldn't believe it that, that, that regular newscast, in addition to a a million others were covering the story. So you see what happens, you come out and you never know what kind of publicity you'll get. And 
and the type of uh, of messages that people will be uh, watching that night on the nightly news. Friday morning, plenty coming up, including Malcolm Honeline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents. Keep it right here at JM in the AM.
JM in the AM. Yitzchak Fuchs. Song is called Aleinu. JM in the AM. Well, kudos again. Um, I'm going to say it again. Um, uh, first, well, I shouldn't say first because I mean, obviously there were others, but uh, and 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 in many other cities in this country. But I'm dealing with the the bulk of this audience and and the places that people you know always refer to as NSN country. Um, uh, first Metro West, Livingston, West Orange, Essex County, a whole bunch of cities in that area. They planned a demonstration, a rally, pro-Israel, support of Israel, anti-anti-Semitism, pro-America, pro-freedom, pro-the Bill of Rights, against random attacks on Jews and anybody, frankly, in this country. And I don't believe it's mixed messages. I think it's all appropriate to be in the same gathering. And um, and they they were able to attract, in a matter of days, thousands of people. Then last night, Last night, Kolakavoda, I was there right in the middle of the crowd, right in the middle of the crowd. Thousands, thousands at Cedarhurst Park in um, in Long Island. And uh, same thing, same messages. Th- th- on Monday morning, not one, well, I shouldn't say not one. On Monday morning, no one knew about the rally. The information came out Monday, and that's what you saw last night with coverage on real news stations. I'm talking about the ones with big audiences. That's what I mean by real. There's plenty of real news stations. You get my point. So, call out Kavod to everybody in the five towns. And now Bergen County, you've got a tough act to follow. Uh, Bergen County has announced the um, essentially what is their Celebrate Israel Parade or Stand with Israel Parade, or I'll tell you in a second when I look at the flyer what they're officially calling it. Uh, it's June 6th. It's It's right around the corner. Uh, I will do everything in my power to help them get thousands and thousands of people there. Unite for Israel Parade. Unite for Israel Parade for Bergen County. But again, same themes because Zionism and Judaism, one and the same. Certainly the enemy views both of them as one and the same. So June 6th, Bergen County, we're going to do everything in our power to build that crowd. Uh, go to jewishworldreview.com jewishworldreview.com for a uh, an incredible assortment of articles about Israel and the Jewish world. Print out those articles before Shabbos and you'll become even more educated in the next 25 hours. Uh, jewishworldreview.com is the place. I, I remind you as I am about to introduce Malcolm in our first discussion on air since Mayor's passing that the person who introduced me and therefore introduced you, our loyal audience, uh, to Malcolm Honline was our dear friend, our mutual friend, the friend that we are mourning for this week after his after his sudden passing last Shabbat, Mayor Weingarten, Mayor Nahum Ben David. I remind everybody of that as I introduce Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. We call this the Weekly Update. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. 
be with you. I hope that uh, I hope you don't regret that years ago, Mayor Weingarten introduced the two of us. And uh, to start this conversation, obviously, your thoughts on somebody who is not just a dear friend. I know how close you were with him. Uh, but in addition to that, somebody who is a dear friend and somebody who you watched as an individual make a tremendous difference in this world. In so many ways, it's it's almost impossible to go into. And um, I find myself very depressed ever since we got the word and I heard from you, Motsin um, Shamas, about his uh, passing and the um, the large turnout of people and the... Um, the, the expressions that everybody uh, heard from a- anyone and everyone uh, echoed the same theme about who he was, what a person he was, and his humility, his intelligence, his love of Eretz Yisrael, Torah. His, his, I think he knows he knew more about Israel than anybody I know, yeah. and he um, and it, 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 he exuded his love for Israel to, to everyone and anyone. He was um, a very special person. And, you know, it's not the kind of guy who makes headlines. Right. But he has impacted so many lives in so many ways that we heard there and since talking to other people in a very quiet and, and uh, humble way, but really a phenomenal person. Malcolm, I and, and we will get to the news, folks. Don't worry, we will get to the news. Uh, Malcolm, um, I always use this opportunity, unfortunately, unfortunate opportunities, uh, to ask you to comment on the broader picture. Um, in 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 light of Mayor's life and uh, and the incredible accomplishments on behalf of our community and the state of Israel and so many families, as you heard, etc., over the last week, um, can you just speak to the point of what? difference one person can make, how literally one person can affect so much change, how one person can, can in so many areas of life, make a real difference? We see it all the time, that it's the power of one, that one person impacts others who then join, and they impact others still, and that the growing circle of influence, it doesn't just increase each time by one, but it's by multiples. And the progression is even greater when you have somebody like Mayor who quietly impacted so many people. When you saw the devotion of people in KJ, which was not his home synagogue, but the the love they had for him and the presence of Rabbi Lukstein and others, but to see how he impacted that community and the uh, you know he I actually introduced them uh, many years ago, and he organized their annual trips. Uh, I think for Sukkot and uh, sometimes, I guess, Pesach. Right. But more than that, it was when Israel was empty that they went and they, you know, to express their solidarity. And and he, not only did he make the physical arrangements, but he went with them and he would inspire them, talk, speak to them, and uh, be invited to them during the throughout the year because of the relationship he established and the impact that he had on them. And I can tell you that all of our missions for all the years that I did them uh, to Israel were, were organized by his office. And, um, and you every- know, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, Malcolm, but I'm worried about that. 
your missions are historic. I mean, your your missions always include a country of great significance in terms of the future of Israel, right? You've always chosen the countries carefully because down the road you're thinking that this country might have a either a greater relationship with Israel or a relationship at all with Israel. And, of course, it included a an Israel component. And he was not just somebody who arranged the trip be you know to do the nuts and bolts for you. He took that as an avoda, as knowing that what you and the group was doing was important for the future of the Jewish people. Absolutely true. I mean, it, they went so far beyond, and his staff went so far beyond what uh, could be expected. And you know, when somebody who travels like I do and I have to make last-minute switches and last-minute uh, changes in overseas travel. And never a complaint, never a, uh, you know, a, you never hear a crash from them. They were never keeping on the name like we read in this week's Parsha. You know, <laughs> not people who, who murmured or, you know, complained about it, um, as sometimes our people are wont to do. Um, it was always with a smile and always asking how he could help with uh, any aspect of it. Yeah, lahagdil am Yehudi ulahadira. That's how I always loosely... Uh, use those uh, those words from that famous phrase, famous in another context, but I always say that uh, he knew the importance. And finally, and we'll get to the news, but last point, again, I, I like using these opportunities in memory of Mayer um, to, to address broader issues that I think parents and grandparents who are listening now uh, will hopefully uh, glean uh, from you. And, and that is the important, you know, I'll never forget certain episodes that happened between me and you in the early part of our relationship that emphasized to me that, that you understood the value of Jewish education. Obviously everyone understands the value of Jewish education, how important it is for the future of the Jewish people. But I'm referring in this case to the advantage Mayer had that he was educated in Tanakh that he was educated in Jewish history, that he knew every detail of modern Jewish history and the formation of the, the establishment of the State of Israel, and of course Yom Yushalayim, the day most synonymous with him here in this studio, um, you know, over the years. And and I, I, the, the reason I bring this up is I just want you to join me in reminding parents and grandparents, yes, piano lessons are important, ballet is important, and neither of us are minimizing it. But the knowledge of Tanakh and arranging for your children to be to hone their skills when it comes to history, Torah, Tanakh, Talmud, all the sources are so vital and so key if they're going to make a difference in our community down the road. So true, and a generation that so needs it, and the the inspiration that he drew as uh, somebody I could relate to totally when something exciting was found in Israel or something, you know, an archaeological discovery, and we should note that Elat Mezar passed this week. Um, she was in charge in, at the city of David of the the discovery of what may have been the, the, the palace of King David, but more than that was known as the uh, archaeologist of Yerushalayim and the amazing things that she did and some that inspired Mayer and you know, would uh, this generation would feel a lot more secure in their relationships, and it's you know, it's not a political issue. It's not any right. other things that might be an inhibition. Right, right. right. It, it's just it's so fundamental yep. that it's hard to believe that people don't just don't get it. By the way, <laughs> it, this story just came to me, but I got to tell it to you on the air because it's so great. 
Um, you do talk about mayor's enthusiasm when a new discovery would happen or anything, anything of significance would, you know, seep into his life, into his experience having to do with Israel. And, and, and you know what Harabayit meant to him. You know, right. you, you and I and many others were on a small plane with Rush Limbaugh flying from the Golan where they had taken us for the day back to, I assume, Atarod, right back to Yerushalayim. And as the halacha uh, dictates, you're not allowed to fly over Harabayit. So Mayor arranged with the pilot, you know, to take the route that Mayor, you know, suggested, etc. Now you had been because of the nature of the trip, you're doing, you know, everything with Rush, and in addition to that, you were having a million other meetings. I don't know if you remember, uh, but one of your meetings in that trip was with Uri Savir. Do you remember that? I don't know if, yes, you I remember. do. Remember. And I say that because anybody who remembers 1993 <laughs> and that era. You can imagine the agony Malcolm was going through, wondering about the future of the state of Israel. But that's not for now. Um, and, and now, as I'm thinking, by the way, remember Mayor arranged for us to have that dinner in Yerushalayim in 2000 on that Friday night? And it was my one opportunity to ask you off the air about all the things you had done in your career that I was curious about. And for some reason, that Friday, even though you would never tell us anything, but that Friday night, you told us stories that I'll never forget. But anyway, another, that's a side point. Anyway, so we're on this flight, and we're avoiding Harabayit, but you could see Harabayit from the plane. Right. In other words, we're not over it, but you right, could see We flew around it. Right. And you had not slept the entire week. But you fell asleep on the flight. Obviously, you know, you know how it is. I don't have to tell you. That's the only time you sleep is on the flight, right? So just about. So Malcolm sleeping on the flight. I think there was even a blanket over your head. I'm telling you, I remember this like yesterday. And I'm sitting next to Mayor, of course, because we are going crazy about what we're looking at. And Mayor is saying to me, "Should I wake Malcolm? Should I wake Malcolm? Should I wake? We're we're flying over Harabayit. Should I wake Malcolm? Should I wake Malcolm? And you know, Mayor, you know, he's first of all probably Gezel Shana's in his mind. That's the first thing, right? That and he knows how wiped out you are, and he wants to be respectful to you because you know how much respect he treated you with, and and then you know, and all this is, and, and we're having this back and forth, you know, wake him, and I, and I of course, you know me, Mister Wishy Washy. I'm like, I don't know, I don't know what to do, <laughs> and finally, Mayor says. Okay, I'm gonna wake him. I can't give up this opportunity. <laughs> and he wakes you up, and and he says, "Malcolm, we're we're look look out the window. It's hard by." And you say to him, "I appreciate you waking me, and believe me, I get the excitement that you're going through. But thank God, I've had the opportunity to fly this route like 20 times before. So you should have just let me keep sleeping." <laughs> well, people who fly, and I am going to be flying this weekend, and it's Hashem to Israel. Know that it's a dangerous thing that the the uh, I, I fly. I enjoy flying only because it get more sleep than <laughs> <laughs> I get any I, I am telling you. I am telling you that that when I when I mean like you do a million times. I've done a couple of times. The land in Israel and leave that night back to the United States. Stacy right. Stacy always says to me, at least you'll get a couple of good nights of sleep. Right. <laughs> so, but anyway, that's what I remember from that trip. But I love how you point that his enthusiasm. He's sitting there thinking. How can I let this opportunity go by without letting others view what I am looking at right now? Whoever... And it is so spectacular. If people understand when, when I've even been on flights coming in from New York where they had to fly all the way to Yerushalayim and then turn around and come back to Ben-Gurion, and you fly around the, the Harabai, it's oh. so beautiful. It's so exciting. Unbe- yes, exactly. And uh, anyway, we remember Mayor at America's one and only Jewish 
moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world, the web at NahumSiegel.com and the NahumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. And we say Jewish moments, and Mayer was obviously, I don't have to tell this audience, responsible for a lot of those Jewish moments that we've shared over the last 30 years. Malcolm, um, could, uh, could, I, I, could you describe, as only you can, the front, and I know that they're not nearly as influential, but still just the fact that it's in print tells us the attitude that's going on out there, and certainly it's online. Could you tell us what the front page of the New York Times today looks like, and can you tell us your reaction? I haven't seen the New York Times. I don't get it. Anymore. Oh, I, apo- I apologize. I sent you a screenshot of it this morning, so I'm just, I was just assuming that you saw it already. I apologize. But I'll, I'll, de- I'll therefore describe it, and, and you'll please comment. Give me a second, because I just think it's so important and a, a perfect way, really, uh, to kick off this conversation this morning, because we are so focused on the way the world is perceiving uh, Israel at this time. The New York Times has a um, almost the entire front page is dominated by photos um, with the headline, so to speak, right under the New York Times masthead, they were just children. At least 67 people under age 18 in Gaza, and they have every photo on the front page of the New York Times, um, and two in Israel have been killed during this month's conflict according to initials reports. Um, They had wanted to be doctors, artists, and teachers. Uh, If I'm I'm reading this correctly, because it's very small, read their stories on page 16. So again, if you can imagine a photo of every one of the children that was killed, or excuse me, a photo of every one of the future artists and teachers that were killed in Gaza, and, of course, a mention in the headline of that piece on the front page uh, that two were also killed in Israel. Um, I know you haven't seen it. Do you have a reaction? Yes, yeah, New York Times has become, has always been, and uh, is, is becoming worse and worse as a, a propaganda tool. Uh, the, um, the responsibility for the death of those children rests with one party, and, and that is with Hamas. They put those children purposely in harm's way to draw fire on them. The, um, the, the inability of the New York Times to distinguish between the arsonist and the firefighter, the, the inability of them to, to address any of the issues that have arisen during this conflict or in the past, it's really astounding, and the, the distortions in the media, and the reason I stopped getting it, because it just came to the point where it was impossible yep. to, to to stomach, the. even though I, I, I like to know what the enemy is thinking, right. and to, for them to extol somebody like Beinart and to, to you know, elevate his, uh, his writing and hosting uh, Tom Friedman, who's been back to some of his old tricks again as well, it's... Uh, you know, it it says everything needs to be said, and, and the problem is that we don't have, uh, other than the Jewish newspapers, we don't have alternative media. The uh, Wall Street Journal, obviously, is, is much more balanced than, at least in the editorial pages, right. uh, than the Times. But it, it, it's so pervasive at the Times, and it's just, um, it just reminds us why we have to do so much more to uh, counter this uh, overwhelming preponderance of hostile coverage, not even, it, it, it's, it's not even a question of having some difference of view. 
that they turned these into propagandist machines against Israel, and to to see them um, pushing some of the lines of intersectionality and you know the linkages between causes that we're seeing. And for me, frankly, this is a, a really a watershed period, and a lot of it has to do with the role of the media in in portraying Israel. But it, it's not a you can't put this genie back in the bottle. What we have seen the anti-Semitism, the hostility that is being manifest, and the um, the kind of uh, demonstrations, the assaults on Jews. I do not believe we can just say we go back to the status quo ante to, to the way it was before. In the same way in Israel, I think the relationship between Israeli Arabs and Jews will, will not go back to to the, the days before living together. I speak to people who live in those communities, and I think that it's a, a change that will be with them forever. And, and that's what I think here, that the the events of this period have been not what happened necessarily on the battlefield, and thank God Israel's casualties were limited, but it's because they invested in the Iron Dome, whereas Hamas and took the cement and built tunnels. They took the money and built uh, missiles and, and uh, launching pads, and that didn't benefit their people whatsoever. And every time there was a conflict, they would rebuild Gaza and just enable them again to siphon off the money and to use it for their purposes and not for the benefit of the people. Um, you know, the very fact that uh, I think Sinlar's daughter uh, was taken to a hospital in Israel <laughs> during just now, this week. Crazy. Uh, I mean, it's, yeah, people, that will never, of course, see the light of day or the fact that, you know, pilots have aborted if they saw some children or somebody approaching, civilians approaching a site that was about to be taken out. And the pinpoint nature, the, 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 you know, they mock some of the uh, claims, but that every military person you speak to will tell you is really astonishing. And no army fights with such a uh, moral level. And I, I don't know if you saw the, the Human Rights Commission for the first time created a permanent fact-finding mission regarding a single member of the United Nations. And they voted 24 to 9 um, yesterday to investigate Israel for alleged war crimes during the recent war and called for an arms embargo against Israel. And, you know, when people think about the countries who vote on this and who, you know, are passing judgment (laughs) <laughs> on a country that was attacked consistently, constantly, that occupies not one inch of Gaza, a, a message that you would not understand from anything of the coverage of the New York Times, and was uh, acted with such amazing restraint. Uh, and the the uh, new call, which is uh, a ready call annually for an arms embargo against Israel, uh, th- this is... In addition to that annual text, so it's not like it's not like something that there was a vacuum and you didn't have this call. It was there anyway every year, but now you have a, a new text that says that that countries should refrain from transferring arms when they assess uh, in in accordance with the standards that there is a clear risk that the arms could be used in commission 
of uh, serious violation or abuses of international human rights law, which is only by their interpretation. And anything Israel does to defend itself, they automatically define in this way. And if you think about it, that Israel was subject to more resolutions than most of the um, real violators of human rights, etc., combined. And it's it's just such a, a, a reflection of the distortion and misrepresentations that take place, not just in the United Nations, but in so many places today, and the, the linkages that they created between different causes, the intersectionality, which we've discussed, and yep. people may wonder why, why. Now you saw why. By the way, Malcolm, on this, uh, speaking of intersectionality, I think there's a lot of intersectionality between the, um, the messages that are uh, being conveyed uh, at these demonstrations and rallies that are taking place. I, 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 I'll limit my comments about the, or I won't use this forum to comment about national Jewish leadership and how there's an urgency to take to the streets as random uh, attacks on Jews are taking place. But, but call a vote in all seriousness. Let's be, I'll be positive, and I, and I know you will be. Call a vote to those communities that are stepping up where local leadership is working with local leadership of major organizations to, to take to the streets and to get publicity and to be seen on the nightly news and to support Israel. We need the Chizuk also, and our kids need to see that we're ready to stand up against anti-Semitism and for, the, for freedom and for Israel. So I, I, know, I know you join me in saying call, call a vote to all those that are arranging events and, car- and carrying through those events. Absolutely. As you know, somebody who organized more street events and public manifestations probably than anyone, um, I believe very strongly in that this is an important time to make it manifest and give a platform so that public officials must, not should, must stand up for Israel and the Jewish people. And if they don't, and if they don't do it in outright and strong ways, and not just uh, pandering statements. Yeah. Then, but by uh, the way, uh, but I, 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 the pandering. St- I saw. I said this to myself last night at the rally. The five tabs. The pandering statements now are all recorded. They're all on video. They're all on audio. And when someone refuses to stand up for Israel down the road, all you're going to have to do now is play for them their own recording of their Am Yisrael Chai and their own recording that we won't stand for this and their own recording that everyone has a right to be, you know, to be safe in public uh, you know, on the streets of this country. So for people who think, oh, the guy or the woman is getting up and just you know, saying the old traditional stuff, uh, these days I think it's, uh, it, it helps in keeping them accountable. Hundred percent. It's it's the one way that we get them to be manifest, and people should be collecting. and And it's not enough, you know, for them to say, "Well, we're against racism and bigotry in all its forms." They have to be specific, and and that doesn't exempt them from saying something that, about how America has to stand with Israel. We see all these voices being raised. Um, both you know, saw it with Blinken's trip to the Middle East and right. other occasions where, where they're saying the most outrageous things, and uh, there have to be voices that counter it when they talk about conditioning aid to Israel or restricting aid to uh, military aid to Israel. Uh, this is you know uh, something that that only the most fringe voices would have said, and yet you see members of the Senate and House now calling for those kind of uh, actions against Israel. Yeah, exactly. And and on top of that, I'm so glad you brought that up, because on top of that, 
um, you're, you're seeing a, a real shift where the strength of public officials for Israel, for freedom, for anti-anti-Semitism is coming from local government officials. And again, and you don't have to comment on this if you don't want to, because I know you have to work with these people. But again, those who represent us in the United States Senate, I'm talking about New York. I'm not talking about Wisconsin or anywhere else in the country. I'm talking about New York, folks, a uh, larger Jewish community outside of Israel. Um, you know, the, those who represent us in the United States Senate, those who represent us in the United States House of Representatives, you know, people in leadership positions from New York State that we could count on in the past are just staying completely silent. So I'm glad to see at least that the local officials are sort of getting that vibe and realizing that they have an opportunity to step forward and be there for us. Yeah, the problem, though, is when they put up a statement and then get a little pressure and take down the statement, right. um, you know, the, there's no excuse for it. There's no uh, exempting people from a need to stand up at a time like this and to to uh, be consistent and honest about their their views and getting them clearly on record against BDS, against some of the outrageous actions that are taking place. You notice that, that you don't see these condemnations of Iran, which continues uh. its murderous activities, and uh, we don't even have time to go through yeah. all of the um, stuff that we're hearing and the the actions that uh, that they're that are taking place. Uh, you saw Egypt, you know, adopted a new policy regarding Hamas, restricting them. And President Biden had asked them actually to to limit Hamas's role in Gaza and to try to push the PA in the hope that that would at least get a more stable regime. And and because right now the trend is the reverse that Hamas would likely win in the West Bank and an election against the PA overall. And the, um, you know, the, the fact that the, the, the people on the front line are coming more and more to the recognition of who's the party they want to live with and that they can work with and they can trust, even opposed to some of those who share religious and cultural and other ethnic bonds with. Yeah. A lot of comparisons between the 2014 war and the most recent war. Uh, that are being made. Um, I wanted to get your comment about this because uh, one of the reasons it seems that people are saying, or experts, quote-unquote, are saying that there was no necessity for a ground attack is Israeli intelligence is so much stronger now that they could take out tunnels and targets in a much more efficient manner. I assume it's one of the reasons why, thank God, the death toll uh, for Israel was, was less than, I assume was less than last time, certainly less brutal and less severe, I think, than last time. Um, so it, it, would that be likely the biggest difference between today and seven years ago? So, uh, I mean, I think there's several differences. One is that the tunnel, the um, uh, underground capacity of Israel to protect its its people and the training that they go through, even little children again in kindergartens know that they have 15 seconds to get into the shelters. So the, uh, the existence of the shelters really makes a difference. And if you notice the uh, in Gaza, they also did the same thing. They invested in building underground facilities, but not to protect the people, but to protect their soldiers and their leaders who ran underground like rats. Israel bombed miles and miles of the um, of the tunnels, uh, and yet there still remains a lot of the infrastructure. The same thing zips up north in in uh, South Lebanon. That stretches all the way towards the border of Israel right. in Syria that people know. Um, Israel's uh, intelligence was spectacular that they could find individual people and addresses 
And not going in, I know it's a question many people raise and say, oh, you can't do it until you mm-hmm. go in. But going in was a, is a trap. They know exactly the, the things that have been planned and the uh, advantage that the enemy has when you cross into their territory and with all this infrastructure underground and with every house, every civilian house, virtually potentially uh, being a, a site for not only for launchers but for terrorists hiding out. And the uh, the danger that would have been uh, faced for loss of, of soldiers uh, had they gone in. So I think that it's, given that and that fact that they were able to carry out a campaign by air, which will be a model for other countries to look at, and the use of drones, the use of other remote uh, capacities, uh, and there are things that we don't even know, some of the things that they use that are, are new and and. You know, what you think of it, that Israel faced over 4,000 rockets. Is that anybody know? 4,000 rockets. Unbelievable. And and when you look then at the damage, but, you know, hundreds of buildings in Israel were impacted by the rockets by the, and the damage done. Yet I don't see anybody running around looking at those pictures and saying, look how terrible it is that a terrorist organization attacked a democracy, uses their civilians as cover to attack civilians, the real war crime, and backed by Iran, and everybody, when they say uh, Hamas, should say Iranian-backed, Iranian-financed, Iranian-controlled uh, Hamas, so that people understand the linkage, that this is not some sort of a civil defense organization, <laughs> you know, fighting a, a power that completely withdrew from, from the territory. It, it's it's quite amazing. And under the cover of all this, you see that Iran continues its enriching at levels, as uh, the head of the IEA said, uh, enriching uranium at, at, in, at levels that only countries making bombs uh, reach that level. I mean, it's, it's uh, unbelievable that the uh, United Nations, an own agency that's supposed to, to monitor all this stuff, uh, makes a statement like that, and yet they continue to negotiate with them and continue to talk about removing sanctions, which is what Iran wants most of all. And we'll never be an honest broker in terms of any deal that is made. It, it is true the administration hasn't rushed into it. Many people thought that they were, you know, they'd walk into Vienna and everybody would sit down and just sign away things. They are obviously involved in very intense negotiations. Um, but the, those negotiations continue. And if you read the Iranian press, they talk about some concessions are concessions that could be in the making. People shouldn't jump to to conclusions. What is a fact is that they're enriching at 60%, which is even that level you could make enough for a bomb, but it's only a, a technical step away from 90% enrichment, which is... Um, what is necessary for for a, a nuclear weapon? Do you, do you the, think they changed their attitude at all over the last month because they saw Israel's firepower, or is it irrelevant to them? It, it's irrelevant. They they know and have a good assessment of Israel's capacity. Right. Uh, first of all, they're involved now in a presidential campaign, which is going to take place um, uh, in June eighteenth to replace uh, Rouhani as the president, and the. Um, you know, the, the clearing committee, the Guardian Council, et cetera, removed what were so-called moderates. And I, I love it when I see that in the press because <laughs> nobody's a moderate amongst the candidates that get introduced. And 
Raisi, who's a very conservative, very right-wing, very extreme, I should say, um, who heads the Iran judiciary, is now the the front runner. Zarif is, uh, was a candidate, and the polls show that he would have been decimated by a one-on-one with Raisi. And remember that this could be a stepping stone to becoming the next uh, supreme leader. Uh, so it's somebody who has to be an Ayatollah, but it, it's, um, it has a lot of implications. And supreme leader trumps president, I guess. Higher position, right? In their hierarchy, yeah. Right. Um, speaking of uh, campaigns and elections, I mean, and I guess this is a fitting way to end because people want an update regarding the... Um, uh, process in Israel? Are we closer to a government in the state of Israel? Well, we're closer in the sense that the deadlines are approaching and, and that by Tuesday, they, uh, Lapid has to either deliver a government or give up the mandate. It could then go to the Knesset or, as many people feel, there will be a call for an election. There have been very intense negotiations going on throughout Um with Bennett and others, there's still the possibility of a government being formed between Lapid and Bennett and Sire and Gantz and some of the... I know they already assigned out the portfolios, giving merits and uh, labor uh, slots, as well as, um, uh, obviously, to, to Sire and Bennett and Lieberman. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that that would really be a stable government. It doesn't sound it to me that they could uh, really function uh, easily. But the um, you know the desire to get rid of Netanyahu, they said that it's a possibility if if somebody else would legally could, they would easily have a, a majority because Siren and Bennett would go back. Mm-hmm. Others might coalesce with them. So it's still very much up in the air about what the outcome will be. There are many who say BB always somehow pulls a rabbit out of the hat at the last minute. <laughs> and, and sometimes it's a tiger that they're pulling out. <laughs> and, and, and we will see. But President Rivlin's term is coming to an end. There's also going to be the election oh, right. next week of uh, probably Bougie Herzog, Yitzhak Herzog, right. uh, chairman of the Jewish Agency and the son of a former president. N- not, a bad, not a bad choice for president of Israel. No, very fine guy. Yeah, not a bad and, uh, and a unifying figure, I think he will be fine, um, and that um, so that even that becomes an issue because they, they're they holding up something because he allegedly said something about a fellow member of the Knesset, derogatory comment, uh, and also because they have other fights going on about introducing legislation that would essentially eliminate uh, Netanyahu from running in the next election by saying anybody under indictment can't run. Uh, and obviously, we could people are not anxious to put that forward. So you have a, it, it going on all the time while everything else is going on. You have these the internal political strife, but I'm sure we'll come out of it okay. Uh, Malcolm, the lesson for us this week: the mortality of uh, human beings and how one needs to use their precious time in this world as efficiently and as productively as possible. And to know what a difference each person can make. Yeah. And to when they, it's not about ego, it's not about themselves, it's about the importance of the cause and for generations. And he leaves behind many generations that will remember him and honor him. Yeah, no question about it. I thank you again. Oh, so next week, from Jerusalem, or you'll be back already no. by then?
No, I won't be. No, um, I was so next week we probably won't do it, but ah. the week after we'll be able to give a report on Yerushalayim. All right, very good. So we'll speak then, and thanks so much. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. As you just heard him say, that because of his travel schedule, we likely will not have a weekly update next week. If that changes, obviously we'll inform you, uh, and that means a weekly update will, please God, return two weeks from today right here at JM in the AM. Memorial Day weekend, it's Erev Shabbos Parshas Baaloscha with candle lighting officially at 7.58. Erev Shabbos show coming up with Mark Zomik at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem, table for two with Naomi Nachman. That's scheduled for 9 a.m., just over a half hour from now, after the conclusion of a JM in the AM. Uh, Saturday night, Siegel with Avrami tomorrow night. Matis on Sunday, live with JM Sunday. Make sure to be tuned in. That's going to be happening this coming uh, Sunday between 7 and 9 a.m. A reminder, those of you who are in the Brooklyn area on Sunday, I have a very, very productive suggestion. Tovia Tenenbaum, author of the book Catch the Jew and other books as well, but I would say he's most well-known for Catch the Jew, he will be appearing at Eichler's in Borough Park this coming Sunday starting at 2 p.m. I know it's difficult to drive up and down 13th. Oh, actually, it's only one way on 13th Avenue. I know it's not easy to drive and park in Borough Park on a Sunday. It is worth the trip from anywhere to meet Tovia Tenenbaum. Uh, again, he is uh, author of the book Catch the Jew. If you're not familiar, look it up. Um, it turns out in this era of blatant anti-Semitism on the streets of America um, and everywhere, uh, it's a, uh, it, I mean, the truth is I, I can't say it's a timely book because it's always a timely book. <laughs> it's everything you always wanted to know about how people feel about us. Uh, anyway, if you're uh, inclined, 2 p.m., 13th Avenue, Eichler's this Sunday, Tuvia Tenenbaum, worth meeting him, worth getting your book signed by him. And worth hearing, worth hearing and reading what he has to say. Details, go to shopeichlers.com. And again, you can be there at Eichlers in Borough Park uh, this coming Sunday at 2 o'clock. Friday morning broadcast, JM and the AM, as we continue on this era of Shabbos. And um, this time each every Friday, every era of Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Uden, spiritual leader. Emeritus Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Ba'aloscha. Parshas Ba'aloscha, according to the Chinuch, contains five mitzvos, three positive and two restrictions. However, before I begin... Discussing Parshas Baaloscha, I just feel that it's only right that we are unfortunately in the week of the Shiva of the unexpected passing of our dear friend Nachum, Mayor Nachum Ben David, Mayor Weingarten, Olav Shalom, who was such an integral part of our program, JM in the AM and was such an integral part of so many thousands of lives over these past many decades, whereby he personified Torah Yisrael, Am Yisrael, 
Eretz Yisrael, these were literally the core values that he lived for. And it's not coincidental that unfortunately he took leave of us in the week of Parshas Baaloscha. And in Baaloscha you find Moshe when he asks his father-in-law Yisro to join us in going to Eretz Yisrael. You can feel the excitement in Moshe's voice when he says those words, Nosim Anachnu, we are going. We are literally traveling towards. We're going home. We're going to Eretz Yisrael. And you can hear it literally in the psukim. And this was Mayer. He was a constant mover. Not just by profession did he know Simanachnu, did he bring so many thousands over the years to Eretz Yisrael and to enjoy and appreciate Eretz Yisrael, but literally, as the term itself implies, that we are on the go. We are always accomplishing. We're always studying more, teaching more, doing more. And I just want to say that in the Haftorah as well, coming from the Navi Zachariah, so the Navi tells us that Hashem says, and this is Pasuk Zion in Perigimel of Zechariah, Koamar Hashem Tzvokos. This is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is saying. In If you go in my way, Vimes Mishmar Titishmor, and you safeguard my Torah, Vigamato Todin as Beisi, Vigam Tishmor as Chatzeroi, you will show this incredible attachment to my home, my people. Vinosati Lacha Malchim Bina Omdima Ela. Literally, I shall permit you to be a walker, a mover among those who are stationary. And our rabbis understand this to mean that in the Olam Emes, the Malachim, the angels, they are stationary. They don't have Bechira. They comply with what Hashem wants, and that's it. We people down here are movers, shakers, and doers. Says the Navi, if we perpetuate their ways, if we perpetuate their teachers, we can cause them to be malchim, that they as well should continue their trek. And that our bracha is to Mayer's special neshama, that just as he was an inspiration, his very persona, while he was with us, please God, his memory, his teachings, his love should be an inspiration that we should be able to reciprocate to him, that he should be a mahalich, he should be one constantly moving, nosim, in the olama emes due to the very special teaching love that he gave us all the years. Tehei zechro baruch. There's something about Parshas Baaloscha 
that I really believe in keeping with as the book of Bamidbar began, we are maintaining a theme of Hashem's great love for B'nai Yisrael. How so? Parshas Bamidbar and Sefer Bamidbar is called, as we know, Sefer Apikudim, the book of counting, the book of numbers. Why? Because it begins with the counting of B'nai Yisrael, as well as ends in Parshas Pinchas with the counting of B'nai Yisrael. Now, if you turn to the very beginning of the book of Bamidbar, we see that the counting took place in the second year, on the first day of the second month. Okay? Now, wait a second. Second month, second year. In this week's parsha, there's something which took place on the first day of the uh, first month of the second year. And that is the laws of Pesach and the laws of Pesach Sheni. So the obvious question is, if chapter 9 in this week's parasha of Pesach and Pesach Sheni happened chronologically before chapter 1 of the book of Bamidbar, of the counting, why is the counting first? And why is Pesach and Pesach Sheni found in this week's parasha as chapter 9? And Rashi addresses himself in both places. And he tells us, number one, that Mitochi Basan, the book begins with the love of Hashem. Because Hashem loves B'nai Yisrael, he counts them. And as Rashi says, when we left Egypt, he counted them. And when we unfortunately committed the sin of the golden calf, and afterwards Hashem forgave us, he recounts them. And now, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has caused His Shekhinah to dwell amongst us. What does that mean? We know that the Mishkan was dedicated one year after they left Egypt. They left Egypt in Nisan the first month. The following Nisan, on the first of the month, we dedicated the sanctuary. Hashem caused His presence to dwell in our midst and 30 days later, when there was a kvius, when there was a permanent setting of His shechina, His divine presence in our midst, Hashem counts them again. Now, why is it that the um, parsha of Pesach is not preceded that? So Rashi, in our parsha, answers that. And he says the following, one, a mukta mumu'ucha that there is no chronological necessary order to the Torah. But lama lo but why doesn't the fourth book of the Torah begin with Pesach? Shehu genusan shel Yisrael. Because this is unfortunately a sad, it contains with it a sad aspect and degradation for the Jewish people. Because the entire 40 years that the Jewish people were traveling in the desert, 
This was the only Pesach that they brought and observed, and that is the Pesach of the second year, and after that, not. Be it because, as our rabbis tell us, the weather conditions in the desert was such that prevented the great majority of the Jewish people from circumcising their children. And if your children are not circumcised, you can't bring the Karban Pesach. So, unfortunately, and rather than highlight this at the beginning of the book, an aspect of the negativity regarding our people, the Torah slips it in, so to speak, in this week's parsha, and doesn't highlight it because of Hashem's love for B'nai Yisrael. This is, in essence, what is communicated by the Torah to us. If we know how to read between the lines, as I will show you, and in reality, this is what we reciprocate to Hashem. Namely, as the Kedusha Slevi, Rablivi Mibardichev, points out that HaKadosh Baruch Hu shows great love for the Jewish people, and we reciprocate in kind. The Gemara at the beginning of Brachos, HaKadosh Baruch Hu puts on tefillin. And what's in Hashem's tefillin? Praise of the Jewish people. Who is like the Jewish people? A singular, special nation in this world. And what is in our tefillin? Hashem who praises us, we in turn, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, we praise Him. We find in Parshas Baaloscha regarding the way Pesach Sheni is introduced. Rashi tells us it could have been introduced like all the other laws of the Torah. Namely, God said to Moshe, Quote, now hear this, now hear this, tell the Jewish people that should there be an individual who is Tomei, ritually impure, or Terech Rechoko, or he was at a great distance and could not participate in the first Pesach, he's given the opportunity to have, quote, the makeup of Pesach Sheni on the 14th day of the second month namely that of Eeyore. However, that is not the case. How is Pesach Sheni introduced? Rashi teaches us, namely that good things happen through good people, namely that the Torah tells us the story. There were individuals who were Tameim, they were ritually impure, be it the ones who carried the Oran of Yosef, be it the ones who were carrying Nodav and Aviyu, be it those with a Mace Mitzvah, whoever these individuals were, they were excused from participating in the Karman Pesach, which was being observed in the second year. And they come to Moshe and they give that famous two words, Lamani Gora, wait a minute, we don't want to be excused. Why should we be diminished? Why should we be penalized from the opportunity to participate in this most important mitzvah? So Moshe makes a local call and says, let me hear 
what Hashem will respond, and the rest we know is Pesach Sheni. But think about the idea that if somebody is exempt, whoa, look at that, I don't have to do it. And what do these people demonstrate? Not that I have to do it, I want to do it. Take a step back. Is Judaism a burden or is it a privilege? And that's a very special theme which emerges from the first part of our parsha. And indeed, that is how the parsha begins. The parsha begins with the lighting of the menorah. And once again, Rashi asks, what is the lighting of the menorah doing here at the beginning of Baaloscha? which, by the way, has many, many different themes which at first glance seem disjointed. But if you go and take a look, you'll find the beautiful shear of Rav Salavechik, Zechat Sadek Levracha, who saw a theme running through the entire Baaloscha. But Rashi tells us that when Aaron realized that Oigevalt, that all the other princes of tribes were represented in their bringing of korbanos in honor of the dedication of the Mishkan, except for his, what are those two words that Rashi uses? Cholsha Daito. He was despondent, depressed, amazing. The answer is, what is coming out? We want more. We want the opportunity. Kirvas Elokim, he told. We want more of an opportunity to get close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And this is what the first part of Baaloscha uh, demonstrates. Think about it. Moshe Rabbeinu in Parshas Ve'eschanan, where the Torah tells us, Oz Yavdil Moshe, Shalosh Orim. Then Moshe Rabbeinu designated the three cities of refuge on Avrar Yardin, even though they would not be functioning until the other three set by Yoshua in the land of Israel. So it was only like half a mitzvah, but Moshe is showing, wow, a different Moshe if there's another half a mitzvah. Wow, the more we can get, the better it is. And so this is what the Torah is communicating, and take one last look. You have in Parshas Baaloscha the Parsha, those two verses of Vahibin Soa and Uvenucho Yomar. Each time we are privileged to take out the Torah and return the Torah from the Oron, we recite these two psukim. And these two psukim are bounded by the inverted nuns. Now listen very carefully. The question is why? Why do we have this uh, markers between these two psukim? And once again, Rashi tells us very simply that there are simonim These two psukim don't belong here. And as the letter nun itself, if you count back 50 parshios, paragraphs, Earlier, it belongs in the beginning of Parshas Bamidbar in describing how the Jewish people uh, traveled after the first two camps. That's where these 
psukim belong, that the Oron was in the middle. The Lama Nichtav Khan, why did Hashem put it here? So that to divide between one and another bad performance, bad deeds of the Jewish people, that even when we are not at our best, and even when we perform bad things, HaKadosh Baruch Hu shows His love for us and doesn't want to create a state of, quote, chazaka of negativity and bounds it, separates it from that which preceded it, the Tinok who Borea Bibes HaKneses, as well as the complaining of the Jewish people. So, while unfortunately, after the second half of Parsha's Baaloscha, this leads to next week's Parsha of our being denied entry into Eretz Yisrael because of the chait of the Meraglim. Take a step back, everybody, and realize that as the book of Bamidbar begins with the Chibo Yisera, Hashem's love for Klai Yisrael, so too is it perpetuated. And this is what keeps us going. Not only the exactitude of the 613 plus 7, the Rabbanon, the Keser, the crown of Torah that He has given us, but the manner in which He has given it to us, namely that of Ahava. Shabbat Shalom to all.
situation. You put yourself in a situation. And if you put yourself in that situation, you can put yourself in another situation. That moment changed my life. It's the most daring, moving story ever to have been told. One of agony and glory, of a mission to uphold. Mm, and you're essential to this story. Letter in its sacred scroll, and it's not just allegory when you embrace your place and role. You never find yourself in a situation that you cannot undo. So let your letter shine unto the nations. Be proud to be a We've been hunted down in senseless hate And we're searching back with love and care And it's never, ever too late For any Jew, anywhere Every soul's a holy letter Every family word A community, a sentence Each voice, it must be heard And to the letters that rose up in smoke We must do more than say never again And be the eternal letters of hope For our children and for them And you know you never find yourself In a situation that you cannot undo So let your letters shine unto the nations Be proud to be a Jew And we're searching back with love and care I know it's never, never, never too late For any Jew, any Jew, anywhere hey! He said to himself, if the Nazis search out every Jew in hate We will search out every Jew There's a home we must build together To heal a fractured world The dignity of difference we must treasure In our deeds and in our words Live with faith in our future Be the leader you were born to be And the day will come much sooner When we'll all live in harmony You never find yourself in a situation That you cannot undo So let your letter shine onto the nations Be proud to be a Jew Cause we've been hunted down in senseless hate And we're searching back with love and care Never too late. Ruby New and Shlomo Simcha, it's never too late here at JMM. Dvekis before that, Hinan Ochi.
yeah. Anyway, <laughs> there's my anyway again. <laughs> I've been yelling at myself for saying it way too often. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Um, A&H hot dogs are expected in every Trader Joe's in the United States of America by Memorial Day. Memorial Day is Monday. Yeah, so if you're barbecuing on Monday, which a lot of people will be doing, we're coming off of some really bad weather expected tomorrow and Sunday, so a lot of people will be barbecuing Monday. Make sure you have your uh, fill of A&H hot dogs and products, all the products available at the major kosher supermarkets, including Aaron's Casino Farms and many others, but um, the hot dogs now during grilling season, during the summer season at least, if not more, will be available at uh, Trader Joe's nationwide. And um, we hope you'll go and uh, and enjoy the delicious A and A hot dogs. Reminder: Our friends at uh, Eichler's in Borough Park. So confused. Oh, there we go. Eichler's in Borough Park have a Tuvia Tenenbaum this coming Sunday. Starts at two p.m. I um, I cannot. I cannot recommend it enough to go if you want to meet somebody who has had such an impact in the area of anti-Semitism. Um, a, a, just a just a an incredible author. His most famous book is Catch the Jew. Most incredible author, and uh, I hope you'll have an opportunity to um, to go there and meet him. Uh, again, it'll be. Uh, this coming Sunday, 2 p.m., Eichler's Borough Park. Information, go to shopeichlers.com. Again, go to shopeichlers.com for all the info you might need about that appearance this coming Sunday. Your chance to meet Tuvia Tenenbaum in Brooklyn. Time to say good Shabbos with Journeys here at JM in the AM.
Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Her and listeners sponsored digital radio around the world of web and AlchemSingle.com and the AlchemSingle Network and of course on the beloved NSN app. I thank all of you for tuning in. This has been a very, very difficult week. I'm not going to say just for us here. I'm going to say for all of us including you, our beloved listeners. This has been a very, very difficult week. Remember, this week began within minutes of Havdalah when we were informed of the passing of our dear friend, Mayor Weingarten. Untimely passing, sudden passing, doesn't even begin to describe the immediacy of this disaster, of this tragedy. And it has been a difficult week. And I thank all of you who are remembering Mayor Nahum Ben David. Have a wonderful Shabbos, a great weekend. Monday morning, Memorial Day, we will be here starting at 6 a.m. And you know that Avrami is on tomorrow night, Mat this Sunday, and plenty of great programming right now. Till next week, Nahum Segal reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future. (laughs) 